What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Very Dependent Podcast, where we depend on the Verde and Black for our everyday vibes. Today, we will spend the first half reviewing Austin's week in the League's Cup before highlighting the Women's World Cup and Austin FC2's tough loss on the road. We will spend the second half on a Where Are They Now? Austin FC edition, where we look to see where former Austin FC players have ended up and end it with the stoppage time rundown of the hottest Austin FC, MLS, and world footy storylines of the past week. I'm Logan Bartlett, a.k.a. Lobar. Hey everyone, I'm Logan Jones, aka Lo Joe. What's up, everyone? This is Paul, aka Lo Paul. All right, let's get to it. So, after two of the first three Leagues Cup group matches, Austin currently sit as the only team without a point in their group. After Sorry. a frustrating 3 1 loss, it does suck indeed. Uh, against Mazatlan, Austin looked to earn their way to the knockout rounds by winning this Saturday against Juarez, who just came off a tougher in point in a 1 1 draw that saw Mazatlan securing the top seed in the group by winning the penalty shootout. So this is a must win for Austin if they want to move on. There is no scenario where a tie allows them to move on. Even if we draw and Austin wins the penalty shootout, Austin and Juarez will be even at two points apiece. And the first tiebreaker is goal differential, which Austin will lose thanks to their 3-1 loss on Friday. So, uh, and even if we beat Juarez, we earned the opportunity to play LAFC in the next round um, at LAFC, where we have handily been beaten 3-0 in our last two meetings there. So, Lojo, what do you want to happen for Austin this weekend? Um, honestly, as I've said this whole time, just advancing past the group stage is good enough for me. Uh, and then, you know, obviously we'll have to see LAFC if we move across, if we move beyond. Um, and, you know, I, I think we kind of all have a realistic idea of what could happen there probably. And, uh, you know, that's fine. So I'm just going to keep it with, keep it consistent and just keep saying, you know, if we make it out of the, the group stage, I'm happy. It's a fair take. Paul, what do you think, man? Yeah, man, I'm I'm starting to develop this kind of tinfoil hat theory uh, where I, I believe that Austin hates knockout footy um, and allow me to just kind of spend a, a minute or so kind of explaining that. So Please. we start out, you know, uh, 2021 inaugural season. We don't really have any knockout footy, um, obviously not advancing to playoffs, you know, kind of secured that for us. Um, and then our second season in 22, uh, we have that Open Cup disappointment, you know, against the eventual USL champions, uh, San Antonio FC. Yep. But, you know, it's still a USL side. We were still, you know, all all things look like that should have been a very easy dub for us. Uh, so that was kind of our first uh, interaction with with uh, embarrassment and disappointment in uh, knockout competition. And then comes the MLS Cup, um, you know, where RSL kind of had us on the ropes there that, you know, that first round, not going to lie. Um, luckily, a, yeah. um, a PK saves us. And then obviously the shootout where Stuver becomes a, a you know, city legend. Yeah, even happens. more. And yeah. then uh, Dallas is light work. We do a really good job. And then we go to LAFC and absolutely just shit the bed. Um, further embarrassment, further disappointment. We don't like knockout football. Fast forward to 2023, where our successes in that second year uh, secure us a chance to perform in not one, not two, not three, but four knockout competitions. Uh, and yes, I am including the the league in that. But, um, you know, we start off with CCL. And I think, you know, I'm looking this is I'm just talking about myself here. I don't think any other fans probably felt this way. And so I'm just I'm just going to share what I think. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when it came to the draw in December uh, for our CCL opponents, uh, I laughed, you know, because we drew Violette <laughs> and um, agreed. You know, no, I, I was in the same at, boat. 
yeah, we started looking at the uh, the chats and the supporter groups and, you know, folk, folks were already saying like, hey, you know, we can go ahead and skip this trip. Like, let's start planning for Mexico. Uh, and then obviously that was an L, uh, you know, further embarrassment and disappointment. We don't like uh, knockout club uh, footy. And then yep. fast forward to uh, the Open Cup. We're like, ah, yes, round two. Let's try this again. New Mexico. Woo. You know, yep. Rod- Rodney is back, baby. <laughs> and then um, that means that we advanced to Chicago. They light our ass up. That's an L. Um, so, yeah, further yep. embarrassment and disappointment. We hate knockout football. Come League's Cup. And then we're like, okay, I'm laughing again because I'm like, Mazatkin, Juarez, who? That's easy dubs, bro. They suck in, yeah, in Liga Mekis. Bottom of the table, baby. You know? Like, easy work. Oh, we if we beat this, you know, we top this group, we can play Messi at, at home. Yeah, say less. Nope. L. Um, Against a team who hadn't won away from their home stadium in like almost a year. Bro, they came They came and made Austin their home. Like, yep. I don't understand. So Crazy. all that to say, you know, that's another L I'm, I'm, I'm f- like, because let's say we do beat Juarez. Let's say we actually field a decent roster that gets the job done and, and plays with urgency uh, to secure the, the win at home on Saturday. Great. Uh, you're telling me that y'all are going to go replicate that with that same you know, 19, 20 man roster, whatever that we have for, for this cup competition. Yeah. Uh, and LAFC. <laughs> no, nah, I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm too realistic for that. Yeah. Um, and then for, that. for playoffs this year, don't even get me started. I'm, I'm, I'm just not there yet. So <laughs> all that to say is I don't, I don't think we, we like this stuff personally. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I think a part of it is Josh Wolf doesn't, well, I don't want to say this outright because he's shown maybe a little bit of remorse for his initial lineup against SAFC last year, right? But he hasn't shown the due respect in knockout stage tournaments that he should when it comes to putting on a lineup. Now, sometimes it's not his fault. For example, in the Mazatlag game, uh, Drew C and Danny Bedeta weren't playing, right? Because they were coming back from injuries. Um, obviously, this season all around has been heavy with injuries, so it's hard to really blame him when it comes to that. But you know, game game management. A lot of people on Twitter and Slack and everywhere else speak on his game management, his decision making when it comes to substitutes and when to put people in and when to take advantage of of momentum with subs and who you know who could be that guy off the bench that can really change a game for us. Um, so I think part of it has been that too, where Josh hasn't really figured it out on his end. You know, yeah. Well, and I think the the recipe that I'm. I'm hoping that we can replicate, which is like if I had to go back to like in any point in knockout competition, like where were we, were we the most successful? That was probably against Dallas in the playoffs in round two. And yeah, what yeah. we need there in and like in other uh, competitions is like, you know, uh, some in- ingredients for success would be ring back in the midfield, yep. you know, next to next to Danny. At the pivot, uh, a competent CB pairing, you know, where like I'll do respect to Julio, but like if he's our top guy, like we're struggling. Okay. Uh, And then Seba needs to like be showing up and like being a productive attacker and all that stuff and not ghosting us the way he did um, at Bank of California Stadium or BMO, um, you know, right in the Western Conference finals. So um, I think if those things can happen, then we're unstoppable. But if not, then yeah, man, we just, yeah. I just hate that we always end up somehow embarrassing ourselves. That's the big thing for me, man. It's yeah. like, it's never just like a, oh man, we fought hard. Nah, dude, it's. Oof. Dude, Mazatlan put out a, t- a TikTok, uh, TikTok 
clowning Diego and Austin FC after Diego hit his penalty. He had that celebration of like, you know, bizarre house kind of bullshit. And they, they use that to preface, you know, the domination following that, uh, in a funny ass TikTok where Austin was getting zero respect by all the Liga and Mickey's fans. It was tough to see, bro. Yeah, Yeah, man. But you know, all in all, we have a chance to make it out of this group stage and we beat LAFC before. Um, you know, they've been playing a lot of games themselves. They also played in four tournaments this year. Yeah. So, you know, there is a path where we can maybe with health, with Dreusi and Danny back in, carry some momentum throughout this tournament. And honestly, I would like to see us get as much play as we can because three, four weeks off before the next league game can definitely be, you know, sure, rest is cool, but also you can look real rusty when you come out to that first game. So I'd like to see us play as much as we can to get people back and in, inform. In so but let's move on to halftime. Uh, we're going to look at the Women's World Cup and Austin FC2 here. So the Women's World Cup kicked off last week, and the group stage is well underway. As we're recording, uh, the U.S. Women's National Team is currently down one at halftime against the Netherlands, um, which as it stands will leave them in second in their table uh, with three points. So after two games. So, Paul, what are some of the highlights of the first week of the tournament? Yeah, man. So um, I think what's been really hard about this, this uh, World Cup specifically is obviously the timing of everything with it being, you know, a whole like hemisphere uh, away from us. But um, the the biggest takeaway or like, um, uh, like, interesting thing about this tournament is that this is an expanded 32 team tournament used to be 24. Um, you've got eight teams, uh, or eight countries, you know, debuting in this tournament for the first time. You've got, uh, the Philippines, Ireland, uh, Zambia, uh, Haiti, Vietnam, Portugal, Panama, and, uh, Morocco. So I think what's, what's, yeah, what's really interesting about this is if you kind of go back and look at the 2019 world cup, you know, you've had, you had some, um, newcomers in that tournament with chile jamaica south africa uh which those last two jamaica and south africa they would eventually like return in uh 2023 for this round um and i think scotland also debuted on that one too um but it's just interesting how fifa is using the you know the game's like biggest like uh world competition in the world cup as a means for like growing the women's game um, and so I say that because, you know, um, U.S. Uh, women's national team, they faced off against Vietnam. It was their, you know, their opening game. And it was Vietnam's like very first, you know, um, entry into into the tournament. Right, they beat right. them 3-0, um, which I think all things considered is not terrible for Vietnam, um, you know, because yeah. in 2019, they they went and shot on Thailand 13-0, you know, Um and so there, there's something to be said there about that um, that relatively low score there. For sure. Um, yeah, they my, cannot compete either way. You know? Exactly, exactly. And so what I'm seeing now, you know, if we're basing kind of everything around like a U.S.-centric um, kind of view is, you know, we're we're looking at it in terms of like, yeah, they're trying to get this this third uh, World Cup in a row. But like, yo, literally everyone has their their eyes out for for U.S., for sure. uh, women's right now, you know, you can see this with the the Netherlands up right now, one at the half. Um, that that was a, a replay of the 2019 World Cup final, you know, and they want their they want their revenge for that, obviously. Yeah, and um, it's just going to be a lot harder for the U.S. women's. All that to say, um, a team that I'm really looking forward to watching is Spain. 
because just eight years ago, uh, two tournaments back in 2015, you know, Spain debuted and they didn't even make it out of the group stage. And now fast forward a couple of years, you know, they are, they're ranked sixth, I think in, in, in the world in terms of like women's, um, women's teams. And, yeah. and they, they're like, they're a strong contender for this women, women's world cup, um, you know, with, um, Pateas and Hermoso, like in that midfield, uh, it's it's going to be really cool to watch them. They've been doing really good jobs of of like just dictating their pay, their play and and having high scoring games. Um, so I think between them, I know Germany's is looking really hot right now. Yep. So just um, I don't know, just keep an eye out for for those those countries and those names, and obviously for the U.S. women's, we want to see them advancing to the knockouts but it's going to be really interesting with this expanded format um and i i really think that they have a shot at making it all the way to the end uh and winning it but it's definitely going to be a lot harder uh than four years ago yeah so i mean poor zambia right now too in group c with spain and japan just putting absolute clinics on those teams right now they're both they're uh, undefeated they both have six points japan and spain that is uh, eight mm-hmm. goals and seven goals haven't let a goal in yet. It's, it's looking tough for Zambia right now, but you know, welcome to the tournament. You know, it's not always going to be, yeah. you know, a Vietnam style performance where it's not, you know, it's admirable anyway. Um, and I guess, on. sorry. And, and no, please, please. I, my, my bad. I was just going to say this because the, the Zambia thing, you know, and for all the other newcomers, you know, like I said, eight new ones this year, six have played, none of them have scored yet. But I think the important thing is that like, as long as you're getting into the tournament and as, as long as like your women's team is experiencing this for the first time, yeah. How, how you use that and develop the, the organization and the, the, the program from there, that's up to, you know, each country's federation and all that stuff and how they do that. Yep. And what's to, you know, what's not to say that Zambia can go on in the following world cup and show up again and, and actually, you know, exit the group stage um in advance you know it's it's all these things that like we're just it's a really cool story and experiment on on watching the the women's game grow uh at a global level i'm here for it yeah totally couldn't agree more and speaking of uh you know developing programs and and making movies where you can austin fc2 uh they left colorado in stylish fashion this weekend throwing a 3-0 halftime lead and leaving points on the road against top of the table rapids two um after losing the penalty shootout so lojo uh, I know you had some thoughts about Brett Utley. Uh, how would you rate Brett Utley's impersonation of Josh Wolf this weekend? Oh, oh, looks like you're muted, my G. Hold up. Um, my thoughts. I didn't have serious thoughts on Brett Utley. I think he's doing a great job. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. But no, he. Uh, it just sucks that uh, you know they're kind of like the. Uh, the only positive we have going on, like consistent positive of the season, and that happens against a really tough team. So it's true, you know. But I, I think he's still doing a great job. It's not utterly out yet. No, of course I couldn't agree more. I know I was just just poking fun. Uh, Lojo, what'd you think? Or Lojo, you're right there. Paul, what'd you think, my G? Yeah, I think this was a very good game. Uh, well, let me put the let me put it this way. It was a good first half for Austin FC two. Um, you know, obviously going up early, three uh, nil at the half. And then it was just kind of one of those situations where, you know, you fully expect us to stay in the driver's seat. But, you know, with Colorado Rapids 2, obviously, you know, dominating in the West right now, their first place for a reason. They found a way to, like, claw that uh, result back from uh, a 3-0 deficit. 
force the penalty shootout um three three in regulation and then to to just like see it all the way through to the end that's just one of those things where you know you could tell that they have that experience and um they just they have that drive you know we're we weren't quite clinical where we needed to be at the end but you right. know i'm still proud of that that group and and brett you know good stuff yeah yeah colorado rapids too have a a firepower of an offense with Marlon Vargas, for example, we talked about him weeks yeah, ago when yeah. we played them last time, but yeah, they said those dudes are, they're going to score and they both did, you know, and they, they brought the game back and, and one, when, when it mattered. So good, you know, Austin FC two is still doing great this year. There's nothing to really be worried about in my opinion. And I think we can all agree on that and just continue to keep up with them because they're a fun team to watch. But uh, yeah, we're going to go take a quick break before we get into this. Where are they now? Austin FC edition. All right, we're back. So Roto is firmly in charge of the front office, and we're seeing some of those spinning plates finally be served to a fan base that is hungry for change. With news of center backs Brandon Craig and Matt Hedges coming in and Amro Tarek officially out, we thought we would take a look at the lot of former Austin FC players and see where are they now, and maybe even use this as an exercise to rate Rand's performance as sporting director. So uh, I'll, I'll start with a few gems just to get us started here, You know, to look at the positive. Um, funny enough, these are all MLS guys still. So... Kamal Miller, who never actually suited up for Austin, but was technically on our team at one point. Uh, he ended up being a 2022 All-Star and is now a starter on Inter-Miami, playing with Messi. Um, Mackenzie Gaines, you know, our first Austinite to be on the team. Uh, he's now playing with Charlotte. As we all remember, he was taking the expansion expansion draft. Um, and he started 16 games and has two goals and five assists for them during that time. Uh, whereas Rodney Redis has what? Anyway, uh, Jared Stroud. Uh, he was picked up by St. Louis city SC, or I guess we traded him if I'm not mistaken. And he has four goals and four assists and 18 starts this year for St. Louis. Um, rest in peace, King. I uh, know he's, yeah, he's, he's putting on for his new city. Um, outside of that, I mean, there's some solid rotation guys in MLS. There's some solid guys who've been a part of good teams abroad, but they haven't been really, you know, uh, shining examples of what Claudia Randa did here in Austin. So, what do y'all think? I mean, Lojo, I'll hand it to you first. Um, I won't name every single player just because it's a lot, but looking at the lot of Austin FC players that are now on other teams, how would you rank Claudia Reyna's job as sporting director? Honestly, uh, I think a generous B, maybe a B minus. And a lot of that B minus is Sebastian Driussi. Totally. <laughs> you take Sebastian out of there, it's not. Yeah. It's maybe a C plus. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. he puts up a whole letter grade. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've got Cecilia who's doing well in other leagues, other lower level leagues too. I mean, what's yeah. he in the Parag- Uruguayan, Paraguayan league right now? Yeah. Uh, you've got Ulysses Seger who won a championship in Costa Rica. Right. But other than that, I mean, Jared Shaw's doing well, as you mentioned. You know, a couple other guys you mentioned that are doing well. Uh, we really haven't brought in a lot of great people. Tomas Pochettino being someone who just didn't do anything for us. Rodney Rendez, we're all very well aware. Right. Johan Romagna couldn't stay on the field, wasn't fit. Right. Washington Carozo alone that just did nothing yeah. except a wild volley that was an assist. Yeah, you know. accidental. <laughs> I mean, even with Cecilia, though, as you mentioned, he he so he's on the Paraguayan team now. He's on, a, what is it? It's Club Cerro Porteño in the Paraguayan Primera Primera Division, and he scored his first and second 
league goals in 511 days uh, in his second start for the club. Um, he scored no goals or had no and had no assists in his entire time at uh, Santos Laguna. So he really did nothing after he left Austin and really, you know, didn't do too much for Austin either. Sure, he was our leading scorer in the first year, but that was a pretty stinky year. And then looking at, you mentioned a, another DP, Tomas Botticino, hasn't done really jack shit. And once he left, I think he has like maybe two goals, two assists since he's left Austin um, total. We have a couple other MLS dudes like a Felipe, uh, Tarbell, who are, you know, rotation pieces or backup pieces for teams that are doing okay or who have done well. Uh, and then even you could look at Sebastian Burhalter and Ben Sweat. Uh, you know, poor Ben Sweat never really got a run here in Austin because of that season-ending injury. But he's been a, a solid starter for SKC and now New England Revolution. Burhalter is now a, a consistent starter for Vancouver, who's just behind us on the table. Um, Paul, what else do you see, man? Any any other examples of you know brilliance or just shit from Reina from this list? Yeah, I guess I'm I'm the one that. Uh has kind of gone on on the record uh, criticizing Reyna in his pickups. And I guess just from there, um, you know, the, the critter, the critical part of me is like, well, okay, let's look at those picks and then seeing what they did after Austin. Cause it'd be one thing if, you know, um, he takes a player like, like Danny Pereira, who we all have really high uh, prospects for, we recognize that his ceiling is a lot higher than a lot of the players that have been mentioned already. Right. Um, you know, that that'll be a player that for all intents and purposes will probably elevate in progression and, and, and in, um, you know, difficulty of, of, you know, newer play and all that stuff. Um, I don't see too many other players outside of that, um, that he's selected that are going to go that route. So I think I, I'm probably going to echo, Lojo's like C plus. I'll probably give it like a C minus D just because yeah. he's also a fucking schmuck. And um yeah. <laughs> yeah, that too. Seriously. All that, you know. Yeah. Um fucking well, you look at mom. something that frustrates me is when you look at our youth, like the young players that we brought in, U22s and others, um, yeah. none of them have really done anything. I mentioned Burhalter already, Sebastian Burhalter. He is getting good play in Vancouver and he's doing okay. Um but you look at, you mentioned Romagna, you look at Gite, both guys who haven't done anything outside of Austin. And we were really hopeful that they would end up being, you know, long-term-ish pieces for us who would get solid playing time. Right. Um, they have been able to play in lower leagues than MLS and get consistent playing time. And then there's a slew of USL and MLS Next Pro guys. I mean, we saw the Lord Aiden Stanley from Miami FC uh, the other day when we were in San Antonio to see that game. And, you know, yeah. He's getting play there, but it's just another example of like a youth guy who didn't really have that ceiling of MLS in the near future for us. And there's a reason he's not here anymore. You look at Manny Pettis, who's at Louisville City FC or SC. Brady Cleman, uh, Joe Corona, right. Brady Scott, you know, like, yeah, all these names that we were all like, oh, yeah, you know, they're they're Austin's first roster. Cool. Yeah, and then they're it's these like, young guys, right? They have potential. When the shakeout outside. happens, it's like, oh, wait, they ended up where? <laughs> yeah, right. You're like, geez. And some of them aren't even getting play play time for the teams they're on and it's like damn yeah. tough so I, it's definitely an interesting exercise to you know now that not only are all these players gone but you know rain is gone as well Stuver. right where there are some gems of course that are still on this team stuver diego ring etc who are getting good cascante you can include him um mm -hmm. you look at lima galley of course those guys worked out but 
a lot of that is a testament to those players as to who they are, to really taking advantage of the the uh the opportunity they had. So it's interesting. Um I would I would agree with what y'all are saying. I'd probably say uh I'll take Driussi out of it because clearly he's propping this dude up to to what we're saying, a B minus, a B, whatever that may be. I'd say a C just because of those guys I named. It wasn't all awful because we had a good good year last year. We have a solid foundation that he helped put together. Um some of the frustration comes from solid players that just didn't work out. Looking at Ruben, looking at Matt Beasler, um, you know, it's just a couple examples of guys that should have had a solid run here that had to leave for one reason or another. So anyway, yeah, uh, let's move on to stoppage time. So I mentioned this already, uh, but Matt Hedges is officially Verde and Paul will talk about this more uh, at the end of this, but we actually met him today at the player event, the uh, season ticket member player signing event so that was cool what yeah it was kind of crazy like yeah. he he still had his like southwest peanuts like in hand like he was <laughs> yeah. just coming off the the fucking plane or something it was crazy hello joe any other thoughts on on uh matt hedges um i'm just excited to have a little bit of depth and a little bit of dependability back there on the center back honestly right now with how shaky we are so yeah, I'm happy for it. If if we were in a, probably in a little bit more stable condition, I wouldn't be as excited. But with the state of the defense right now, I'm excited. Yeah, he's a good pickup for sure. Um, looking over at Saudi Arabia once again, of course they've signed more players as they continue to do. But the big news this week was the potential signing of Mbappe. Um, it turns out that he turned down that offer, but it was something like 750 million dollars in salary for one year plus commercial deals and blah blah blah. And then he would be left to leave for free to Real Madrid at the end of the year. So what are y'all's thoughts on that, man? Should he have gone? Should he have taken the bag? Paul, I'll ask you first. Man, you're talking about, you're talking to me who lives paycheck to paycheck. You know, <laughs> I think about this stuff. I would have taken that bag and ran with it, bro. But Mbappe, he sees this kind of money all the time. And I think realistically, he was like, man, I just really want to go to Madrid. Like I don't I don't know how playing in the Saudi league for one year is really going to help me develop into, you know, getting to that that goal. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah, Lojo, what do you think, man? Do you think Mbappe should have gone? No, you know, I think he made a right decision. I mean, it, that money is enticing, but would you rather sit the bench and live in Paris? Or would you rather have to go to Saudi for a year just randomly? I, I mean, he's yeah. just going to sit the bench, if anything, and he's just going to be like, fine, I live in Paris. I'm already making good money as it is. Yeah. I'm going to Madrid next year. So what? Yeah, I think there's some trigger on his contract, too, that if he's still on the roster for PSG come like August 1st or something like that, he'll get a hefty amount of millions of dollars just for being there, even if he doesn't end up playing. So, yeah, I mean, Paul, to your point, seeing that money as a normal-ass person like us, I would have been like, dude, yes, take the fucking money. Legacy doesn't mean shit when you're still going to be one of the best players in the world. You're like I'm 24, saying. you know, you just made it to your World Cup final. You're good, G. Like, and, and it's, we'll see how this ages too. If he ends up sitting for PSG for the entire season and then maybe ends up going to Real Madrid, you know, but he could end up going there tomorrow. We don't know. So, um, enter Miami, Paul, two wins, zero losses since Messi and Busquets joined both in League's Cup. Um, with Alba and Iniesta on the way. What are your thoughts, man? I love making sweeping generalizations. And so last night when I was just um, doom scrolling and I happened to look at the 
inner Miami results and I just saw loss, loss, tie, loss, whatever. And then it's like win, win. And then uh, it's like, oh, you can clearly see in the history of the world where they introduced, you know, Leo Messi and fucking Sergio Busquets and, yeah. and um yeah. and things changed for forever. Uh yeah, I mean it is what it is, man. I think it's just gonna be one of those things where you have to learn how to deal with the news cycles, like just constantly putting like Messi on over and over again in this league because yeah. you have the world's greatest athlete, you know, uh yep. in our borders now. And so we just, you know, <laughs> this is what's gonna happen now. Yeah, I'm having fun with it. I, I like it a lot. It's fun to see just like how excited people are, yeah. how excited he is, like the celebrity aspect of the people showing up to these games. Now DJ DJ Khaled was there with P. Diddy, you know, like another one. That's funny. Uh, and they're just going to keep bringing in talent. And uh, it'll be fun to watch that second half of the MLS season to see if they make the big run to the playoffs. But love Joe. Any other thoughts on Messi and, and Inter Miami? No, other than they're making this look like League Un, another farm league, bro. <laughs> Random facts. question for you guys. Do you, do you do you think that they actually do this? Like, do they, just based off of these two games, I know we're, we're not being serious here, but like. Um, I think I'll wait a game or two of actual MLS play before I make the prediction truly, but I think they can. I mean, it really just depends how teams come out every game. Yeah, if they absolutely. give it their all, like they're fucking worst team in the NBA facing the 2016 Golden State Warriors where they're like, I'm going to play my heart out to try to make, you know, to make a statement that I can beat this team. Or are they going to, you know, wilt under the pressure of Messi, their idol, just saucing around them? I mean, we looked at the Atlanta United game uh, last night and, you know, sure, there's, it, it looks like he's on PSG with like, there's there was this side to side video of his goal against uh, Atlanta last night versus a similar goal. Um, when he was on PSG and he was like, Oh, look, it's, it's just messy being messy. But it's like, dude, that motherfucker was wide open in the midfield, not a single defender around him and took it all the way 40 yards by himself with no pressure. Like if I that's just, what teams are bringing out. It's a and then just imagine being Robert Taylor, dude, like you're, you're, you're running down the wing. You got an open ass messy, just like running straight down the middle he's jogging <laughs> and, and he's just dribbling and he just passes you the ball, bro. Yeah, if that yeah. was me, bro, I'm skying that shit. I'm I'm so nervous. <laughs> I'm like, what the fun, bro? No. Pass it back. Don't bro, that Taylor was me. was knocking on the door of a hat trick. That's what, yeah, He's man, out he for it, bro. His little brace is crazy. And the assist to Messi that that yep. goal that they had side to side was mm-hmm. a Taylor assist. So, um, Lojo, the Premier League Summer Series is happening right now for I believe the second year in a row. Um, Chelsea, we've watched been watching some of the games, keeping up with their youth movement. What are your thoughts so far, man? It's exciting. Uh, especially from a Chelsea standpoint, uh, I was just watching the uh, Newcastle match that ended in a draw. Other than one mistake that led to a, a goal for Newcastle, Chelsea's looking amazing. Um, we're going to get the England treble this year, bros. I mean, yeah, Carabao, FA, Prem, it's, oh, it's coming so? home, bro. Oh, Built different. Home. I'm just drinking the Kool-Aid right now. No, no, no. Oh, bro. Hey, these but I mean, we don't have international still, play to deal with. <laughs> we don't have internet. We don't have uh, Europe. We don't have True. anything like that. Sure. So uh, yeah, I mean, I yeah, go well, for those good. Cups. Yeah, Nico Jackson, man, he's he's that. Oh dude. my gosh, Nico's yeah. looking amazing. Future. Yeah, <laughs> so, but otherwise, other teams looking good. It's fun, exciting. Uh, Manchester United's looking awful. Uh, I know they they ran out the 
they ran out the teens against Wrexham. That's why they lost. But still, uh, any other game, they're looking awful. And at this point, uh, I was really, you know, hoping Mount would stay. But uh, now I'm just praying for the downfall of him. So <laughs> tell him, bro, with the, all that tough, news of bro. his dad. I mean, I feel his dad know. being like a Man U fan or whatever. Oh, yeah. His dad being totally proper Manchester United, bro. Yeah. That's hilarious. Dude. Hey, Paul, I want to segue out of this real quick. So looking at the summer series, um, and we've been talking about it on, in our little group chats, whatever, the Chelsea Alex Ring, a uh, fucking Joey Knight podcast that we, oh, yeah. we mm-hmm. talked that we share a little bit. Um, he was saying that MLS isn't a top 50 league. And he was talking in the context of Gaga Slonina, the backup keeper right. for Chelsea, and how he's not ready to be number two yet. Anyway, uh, he said that MLS isn't a top 50 league, bro. What do you think of that? Okay, first of all, don't don't listen to that man fully 100%. <laughs> like he's saying top 50, bro. 50, like, dude. Messi's here, bro. Like what? You know what I'm saying? Like I'm sorry, bro. We're easily top 20. Okay. Most people uh, would say like top 16, 15. And even the, yeah, the website. Yeah, let's, let's maybe know? crack into the 15s a little bit, but you know, like um yeah, that's that's silly. silly. That's yeah. that's that internet <laughs> stuff, bro. It is. It is clickbait type shit. Anyway, uh wrap it up with the player event paul so you and i had the the opportunity to attend the season ticket holder player event uh meet the player event today and we had a good time but tell us a little bit tell the listeners what happened for us yeah i first want to start out with this uh statement for anyone that happens to be an austin front office member um i kindly ask and request that you don't put these events on a middle of the week Wednesday. So that way my brother in San Antonio Facts. and all the other Austin FC fans Facts. that live not in Austin are able to attend. Okay. Um, but that said, um, it was also fucking hot by the way. It's hot, <laughs> that that 6 30 PM sun was on fire, bro. Um you got your shirt no, off. <laughs> it, was, it was straight, man. Um, you know, they they actually kept the lines moving pretty quick. Um I I made sure because I missed Alex ring last year. So I made sure to, to like see my captain for real, you know, I had him sign in yes, the, the Alex ring kit, um, all that good stuff. We got to see, you know, a lot of the center backs, uh, we saw like Kip. Oh, and actually when we got into that room, Lobar, remember that was when we saw Matt hedges, he was yep. literally like getting introduced in. And yeah, I remember asking, like, I was like, damn bro. Like, did you just get here? He's like, yeah, man, straight to the, straight to the event. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. I was like, damn, like they need to get you some food or something for real. No, me know, and Paul, but... Paul and I were the first and second people in Austin FC history to receive a Matt Hedges autograph in that moment. Like literally we're standing outside of the door of this club entrance, you know, just like sweating their asses off. And we're, we're like, why aren't you letting us in? Like no one's here. And they had like a giant camera come in with a camera guy. And like one of the, uh, kind of journalists, ladies that covered the team as well that you know do stadium press and stuff and they're like set up there we're like what's happening and they let us in and we're like what the hell and then all of a sudden matt hedge is just standing right there and we're like oh shit six three ass yeah yeah. just tall as shit as we're walking away they like put it on the tv and q2 like oh and we have matt hedges here you know they like announced that he's here and we're like we got our signatures right but yeah it was cool man we we waited you know before the signing started in the line for the captain morgan club with maxi and ring like you said paul um i got a chance just to talk while while you were going down the line with ring for a sec um and i was like you know looking forward to see you on the field again man he's like yeah yeah it's soon coming and i was like hopefully in the midfield and he like laughed and he said yeah i wouldn't mind that too much you know <laughs> like yeah. that man wants to play in the midfield bro let him play yeah. in the midfield 
when when he's in the midfield, we win, bro. Like Facts. that's that's a part of our success. But yeah, yeah, you know. Anyway, anyway, it, it was a good time. Um, but again, Austin FC, bro, make it a weekend so Lojo can come down and we can all I'm sweat sorry. our asses off together. But hey, Lojo, did you get confirmation from your your ticket rep? Nothing yet. Not yet. We'll be. We'll see what we. We'll we'll see what he cooked up. Okay, we're hoping that he gets a Julio thing. Anyway. Uh, Julio signature. So let's wrap this up. We're done. Appreciate y'all kicking it with us on this week's episode of the Very Dependent Podcast. I've been Logan Bartlett. Catch me on Twitter at LowBarVHLM. I'm Logan Jones. You can find me at the Lolo Jones. And I'm Paul. You can catch me at Sir Paul Andrew FC. Government name without the Sir though. Yeah, I and, don't know why I said Sir. That was weird. <laughs> it's just at Paul Andrew FC. <laughs> yeah, just at Paul Andrew. Oh shit. I'm tired. And, all right. It's all good. And make sure to keep the chatter going online by following at the very dependent on Twitter. We're gonna keep putting out these episodes and have a good time. So we appreciate y'all kicking it with us as always. Peace. Thanks, y'all. See ya. Good stuff. I liked it. Oh, why are you screaming at me? <laughs>